Hello and welcome back to Koala Moon, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Firstly, I'd like to give a warm welcome and hello to our special new Coco Club members tonight. That's you, Hannah, Oshin and Sadie from Dublin, Lily Smith from Georgia, Rosie A, Rosalie Bedard from Quebec, Mia and Florence, Reagan, Grant and Lyndon. Thank you all for joining and for all of your kind words about how much you and your families are enjoying listening to the stories together. We love hearing from you. And genuinely, we feel really honoured when you write to us and say you're recommending us to your friends too. Thank you. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Now then, are you someone who likes to draw and sketch and paint? I am. I find it very relaxing. Most of the time. Sometimes I find it hard to know what to draw, though, and there's something about the way our little friend Ziggy in this story approaches painting that I really, really like. We'll soon meet him and his very busy brain. But first, let's see if we can stop our own brain from being so active. If you're listening at bedtime, it's always a good idea to try and actively quiet your thoughts down before trying to sleep. And one way is simply to concentrate on your breathing. So, close your eyes and breathe in and out for a few times. Get comfy as you do this by moving a little bit and wriggling if you want. And then, when you're in your comfiest spot, just listen to your breath coming in through your nose and out. In and out. In and out, steady and quiet, just like that. Lovely. Now then, we're ready to meet a little boy named Ziggy, whose brain is so busy, he can barely stop to think. His mind is always pinging from question to question, and when he begins to paint one day, the page quickly fills up with every creature plant an object you could possibly imagine. This is Ziggy's Busy Brain by Jane Thomas. If you take a moment to think about it, there are thousands of questions that could be asked every single day. Where do rainbows come from? How do stars hang in the night sky? Is the moon really made of cheese? Some people keep these questions inside, wondering about the answers for hours or days or even years, until suddenly, there it is, the answer. It may appear in the pages of a book or in a lesson at school, or perhaps the answer just comes up in conversation. And then it can all be filed away in the brain, one less mystery in the world. But there are other people who like to ask questions because they want answers straight away. And nobody in the history of people has ever asked more questions than little Ziggy. 
leave Ziggy alone in a garden for five minutes, and he will have a thousand new questions to ask about why daisies have yellow centres but white petals, or why clouds are sometimes soft and billowing and other times dark and heavy. Ziggy visited a beach once with his family, and he spent the whole time asking them questions. Why weren't waves all the same sizes? Why were there shells on this part of the beach, but not that part of the beach? Why did some of the shells have extra holes in them? Why could he hear the sea if he held a shell up to his ear? Why was some seaweed so smooth and green and slippery, and other seaweed was brittle and hard and brown? How did crabs dig perfectly round holes to escape into? And why were seagulls so very, very loud? It was supposed to be a relaxing day at the seaside, but his whole family was exhausted by the time they got in the car to come home. Ziggy had asked more questions than ever. They knew the answers to some of them, but after a few hours, they had run out of ideas. The family had once visited Scotland, a wild place with purple heather mountains reaching up to the sky. Ziggy watched from a train window as the world whisked by, asking questions about kilts and cows, lakes and valleys, and why people from Scotland sounded different to the people from England. His mother could answer that one. It's just a different accent, dear, she told him, thinking that this was the end of the matter. They still speak the same language. Yes, said Ziggy, but why? Why do they have a different accent? I think it's because people came from lots of different places to live in England and Scotland a very, very long time ago, and they brought different accents with them, replied his mother, quite pleased with her answer that had made her remember history lessons from many years before. Ziggy was almost satisfied, but then he asked, Why did they bring different accents? Why doesn't everyone just sound the same? And Ziggy's mother threw her hands in the air and surrendered. Ziggy's older brother turned the question round on him and asked Ziggy why he needed to know at all. And Ziggy stuck out his tongue and said, Just because folding his arms crossly and staring glumly out of the window again. It was on a day when Ziggy was home from school with a bad cold that everything changed. The house was almost completely empty. There was the cat, George, who lay asleep on a cushion in a shaft of sunlight. There was the dog, Toby, who, after a morning of chasing balls and sticks, and leaping in and out of the river, was also taking a nap, curled up at the end of Ziggy's older brother's bed. And there was Ziggy's mother, armed with a pile of papers that reached from her waist to her chin, and she was heading to her office. I'll be right here if you need me, she whispered to Ziggy, as she left him curled up on the sofa beneath a mountain of soft blankets. Just 
you know, try not to need me for a while, she added, eyeing up the mountain of papers. Ziggy lay on the sofa and looked out through the window into the garden. The family lived in a cottage quite in the middle of nowhere, and almost the whole of the wall of the living room was made of glass. It meant that it almost felt as if the garden was really inside the house sometimes. In the spring, Ziggy could watch the pink and white blossoms appear on the trees, and he often hoped there would be a soft breeze come through that would cover the ground in the pink petals and, for a few days at least, change the colour of the lawn from green to pink. In the summer, Ziggy could watch the birds and butterflies as they fluttered between the different flowers. In the autumn, he watched as the green on the trees turned to yellows and oranges and reds, the dried-up leaves forming little piles at the base of trees. This was Toby the dog's favourite time of the year, when he would run through the piles and kick them up behind him, a glorious golden wake of leaves flying into the air as he ran. But now it was winter, and Ziggy looked out onto a cold garden with no leaves on the trees and no flowers showing off their bright colours. It made him feel colder just to look at it, and he snuggled a little deeper into his blankets. He had only been there a few minutes, but already he had a thousand questions to ask. On a couple of occasions, the questions were so important that he almost leapt up and marched over to his mother's office. But he remembered the huge pile of papers she'd carried in there and the tired look on her face. For the first time in his life, Ziggy managed to keep the questions to himself. He clenched his fists and pushed his fingers into his palms, closing his eyes tight and hoping that he could keep all the questions inside. When it became almost unbearable, all of five minutes later, Ziggy knew he had to do something. He climbed out from under the blankets, pushing his feet into the soft slippers his mother had left next to the sofa and pulling on the heavy blue jumper that was extra snuggly. He went to his bedroom and rummaged around, looking for something to keep his mind off all the questions he wanted to ask. And finally, he found the answer. With a smile, Ziggy returned to the sofa, armed with a box of paints and a pad of paper. He didn't particularly like looking at the cold and wintry view outside the window, so instead he decided to paint what he would like to see. At first, Ziggy painted the garden as it would look in the summer. He remembered the way the purple wisteria draped itself along the wall, hanging with heavy purple cascades. He knew just where to put the roses, their deep red petals the colour of love. And along the side of the old stables, he added hanging baskets that spilled over with purples and pinks and whites and yellows, all the colours pouring almost to the ground in their excitement to be seen.
Ziggy was really quite happy with his painting. But then he wondered, just for a moment, what it would be like if he added in something that wasn't really meant to be there. He thought about it for a while, and then picked up a pot of brown paint, and carefully, with his tongue sticking out of the corner of his mouth for extra concentration, added a horse, looking over the wall and admiring the scene. He quite liked it, but then wondered why the horse would look over in the first place, so had to paint in the answer to that by adding a carrot into its mouth. The bright orange carrot looked just fine, but then Ziggy realised that the carrot had to come from somewhere too, so he added himself standing in the garden and holding some more carrots. That wouldn't do either. So then he had to create a whole extra bed in the garden where carrots grew. And because it didn't make sense that the family only grew carrots, he added a whole load of other vegetables in there. By the time he was done, adding raspberry canes and blackberry bushes, the picture had become, if he was being honest, more than a little chaotic. There was paint all over the place, spilling this way and that and running into other paint. And in some places, the paper was so heavy with paint, it almost had a hole in it. Ziggy decided to start again. Only this time, he wouldn't just paint the garden. He tapped the paintbrush against his teeth and thought about what he would most like to see. His little sister always talked about the fairies that lived in the forest, so he decided to paint those for her. First, he painted the tall trees with big round trunks and branches heavy with green. Next, he took some of the brightest colours in his box and added the fairy doors to the bottom of the trees, because everyone knows that's where fairies live after all. He took the smallest brush he had and carefully added door handles and door knockers and letterboxes. Then he shut his eyes tight and tried to imagine what a fairy looked like. But try as he might, all he could see when he closed his eyes was a family made of gingerbread. Ziggy shrugged and reluctantly accepted that this is what was meant to be seen in the picture, and he added little gingerbread families around the scene. He put one family walking along with a tiny gingerbread baby in a pushchair and wondered where they might be going. So then he had to add a play park to give them something to go and visit. He painted in a bright red slide and some bright yellow swings and a bright blue roundabout. Ziggy completed the picture by adding a school and a bakery and a greengrocer and a cafe with colourful tables and chairs outside and leaned back to admire his work. The same thing had happened as with the first picture. He had put so much paint on the page that it had all started to get a little chaotic. Everything poured into everything else. 
and it was hard to tell what all the parts were supposed to be anymore. What was worse, this time the paper was so wet with paint it had two holes in it, not just one. Ziggy sighed and went over to the kitchen, putting his paintings on the counter next to the sink. All the questions he wanted to ask were getting caught up in the paintings. He realised that if he just painted something to look nice, he wasn't that bad. But it was when he started trying to have it all make sense that it went a bit wrong, and he added far too much. Ziggy settled back down on the sofa, determined to paint something that was simple this time. He sucked the end of his paintbrush and thought about what he could do that was nice and easy. He thought about the sky at night and how little silver and gold stars hung themselves against a sheet of black and how the moon was sometimes full and round and sometimes just the faintest sliver of a crescent. He thought of the time he and his brother had gone to the top of the nearby hill one night and lain on their back in the soft grass and looked at the stars for hours. This would surely be an easy thing to paint, he decided, and there were no questions to ask. So he pulled out a fresh sheet of paper and covered it in black paint. He went right to the edges of the paper and made sure he used the blackest of black paints he could find. Ziggy remembered the way the paint in his last two paintings had spilled into each other, and he decided not to make the same mistake for a third time. So he blew on the black paint, and he shook the paper in the air, and waved it back and forth, waiting for the paint to dry before he would add anything else. When he was quite sure the black was completely dry, he picked up the special gold pen he'd been given last Christmas and added little stars. He then decided to add the moon and set about creating the finest slice of moon he could, just a little bit of a crescent. And then the paintbrush slipped and he reluctantly accepted it would have to be a half moon that he painted instead. And it was nearly perfect. Just added the final finishing touch. When the brush slipped again, and Ziggy realized he would need to paint a full moon after all. With all the stars and the moon hanging in their rightful places in the sky, Ziggy stepped back to look at his picture. He was a little annoyed that he hadn't managed to paint the perfect crescent moon, and looking at it now, he thought the moon looked more than a little empty. Perhaps he should add something to the big golden disc in the sky, he thought. What about a mouse? Mice like cheese, and the moon is, as everyone knows, made of cheese. The mouse became, of course, a whole family of mice. And then Ziggy needed to work out how the mice had got to the moon in the first place, so he added a rocket too. 
It seemed a shame for the rocket to only be going to the moon. So Ziggy carefully added some planets for them to go and visit as well. Before he knew it, the same thing had happened to this painting as the other two. There was absolute chaos on the page, with multiple rockets disappearing into all corners of the universe and planets swirling colourful hula hoops around their middles. The family of mice had expanded more than a little, and he had hedgehogs on one planet and badgers on another. He tried to paint camels on one, but the necks had gone wrong, so a little group of giraffes hung out on what was meant to be Jupiter. As Ziggy wondered whether he would ever be able to paint something decent, his mother emerged from the office. Ziggy looked up and saw that it was now quite dark outside, and somehow the entire day had disappeared in a whirl of paintbrushes and wild ideas. His mother yawned and stretched, shaking the working day out of the ends of her fingers and the ends of her toes. She walked over to the kitchen and looked down at Ziggy's paintings, and he went over to join her carrying the third picture of the night sky. Goodness, she said at last, you have been busy. Ziggy shuffled his feet. They're not that good, are they? He said at last. Well, dear, they're certainly colourful, his mother said, smiling. Did you enjoy painting them? Ziggy nodded his head. Even though they weren't very good at all, he'd had a lovely time imagining everything. Are these giraffes? His mother asked pointing to the long-necked creatures on the purple planet. Ziggy nodded. Why are there giraffes in space? she asked. Ziggy shrugged. Because the camels went wrong? The explanation made sense to him, and his mother raised an eyebrow. Of course, dear. And why were there going to be camels on the planet? because it's one of the planets closer to the sun, and camels like hot places, Ziggy explained. As his mother tucked him into bed that night, she gave him an extra tight squeeze. As long as you like doing the paintings, you keep doing them, she said to him, telling him to forget the comments his father and brother and sister had made. Even the dog had barked when he'd seen the paintings, backing off with the hairs on the back of his neck standing up. The cat had hidden behind the sofa and refused to come out. Ziggy curled up in his bed and snuggled his way under the blankets. He fell asleep, thinking of all the things he would paint the next day, dreaming of the purple heather mountains he'd seen in Scotland and the waves pulling themselves back and forth across the sand, and wondered how he could show the sounds of the shingle in his picture. He wondered how he could share the soft whoosh of an owl's wings as they swept through the night sky, 
or the feel of a summer breeze brushing across his face, or the scent of cherry blossom floating in the air. And over the years, Ziggy painted and painted and painted. Almost every day he painted something, practicing and perfecting each and every scene that poured from his imagination. And I wish I could say that this little boy grew up to be one of those famous artists with pictures in galleries and people queuing up to buy his masterpieces and hang them on their walls. But even after years of painting, Ziggy still asked too many questions in his pictures. He still let the paint spill from one scene into another, the washes easing across the pages. He never did learn that it didn't matter if the gingerbread family had nowhere to go, or how a mouse made it onto the moon, or why a horse would look over a wall. And it didn't matter, because every night, Ziggy would climb into his bed and be asleep in moments because he had found something that made him happy. And that, it turns out, is the most precious thing in the world. Every night, his head would touch the pillow and after he tucked the blanket under his chin, he breathed in and he breathed out and he was once more buried deep in his dreams. <laughs>